Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now a special Talk Radio 1210 WPHT presentation. It's reading, writing, and reason. Now here's your host, Dom Giordano. Hey everyone, Dom Giordano with you. Welcome into this week's edition of Reading, Writing, and Reason, where we take a look at all these things that are breaking. It's amazing. The amount of money spent, the amount of agita, around the simple thing of educating kids, schools, parenting, and parents under fire. And speaking of money, one of my lead stories this week is from the Twitter account. Yeah, I do follow her. What the heck? Everybody has to have a guilty pleasure. Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren tweeted out just in the last couple of days, Woohoo! President Biden is canceling close to $5 billion more in student debt, including for 44,000 public servants. Teachers, nurses, firefighters. Notice she didn't put in cops there. Now, look, you know how I love cops and firefighters and nurses and somewhat teachers, maybe not their teachers' unions, but this is ridiculous. They are being put on another level, another forgiveness, which is a false term. She knows that. Maybe she doesn't. Nobody forgives anything with the stroke of a pen. Taxpayers pay for that. Somebody Follow the money. That's what happens with this stuff. And now it came out this week, Fox Digital had a big story. We see a clack of people that owe a lot still. They got caught up in student loan debt, and they're refusing to pay it, even with the forgiveness of some of it, even though they've had two or three years with Biden and the pandemic. And what they're saying is, we are not going to pay it. We are going to hold out on this. Now, they may be penalized financially, but they're guessing that somehow or another, Uh, President Biden or some other Democrat will forgive that also. And they're saying, why should we pay it, essentially? It appears the government always comes through and doesn't make you pay it. Why is this the single thing that you pretty much can get away with? This is still going to be an issue heading into 2024. There is resentment, and I get it. People make choices. We don't do this with home mortgages or anything else. This is about 20% of people, it's guesstimated, who are refusing to pay, not suddenly saying, well, I just can't pay this. Can I have more time? This is, in other words, a political strategy. They think there's strength in numbers. What they're going to do is they're going to help whoever the Republican nominee is in the upcoming presidential election to go back to this point again and again and again. And Biden at periodic times, is going to feel compelled to forgive this. And so far, nothing has happened to President Biden by doing that. 
other than you have people saying it wasn't enough. So this is going to go on and on and on, and it's going to accrue to whoever the Republican nominee is. Now, I have a strange story this week on reading, writing, and reason. I don't know the state of Maine that well. I was only there once. Just thought, man, why would you go to Maine with the lack of beaches and uh, coldness and the water? Brutal. I defer to others who might like it. But Maine is on the docket to become a sanctuary state, not for people here illegally, but for children seeking to undergo life-alternating altering uh, transgender treatments. In an effort to so-called create a safe space, Maine State Legislature is eyeing a bill that would give the authorities the right to take custody of kids away from parents and grandparents who oppose allowing medical providers to impose gender-affirming care onto their children. The act to safeguard gender-affirming health care would allow a court to take temporary jurisdiction because a child has been unable to obtain gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental health care. This bill, brought forward by Representative Lori Osher, would also authorize out-of-state children to access hormone blockers or surgery without their parents' consent, regardless of their own state's law. So, look, it's one thing if they do something this disastrous. You know what the big issue is out there, parental rights. And your rights as a parent should not be questioned as long as you are not violating any law of abuse or neglect. A.K.A., you know, uh, the story we've been talking about all week, and we have a special guest uh, coming up here on Reading, Writing, and Reason from California about 12-year-olds not being able to play tackle football until they're past their 12th birthday. This is even more serious. Uh, Critics of the bill describe it as state-sanctioned kidnapping arguing it would allow just anyone to bring a minor to Maine for gender-affirming care without the knowledge or permission of a parent. So it's bad enough doing this in the state of Maine if you're a resident. Snatching the kid up and saying, yep, we're going to do this, and there's something wrong with you as a parent. But this could be, and it's the sanctuary state thing again, another lawless attempt, change the laws, Now, at least in Maine, they're trying to change the law to allow this, but they're superseding the laws of other states by making this a sanctuary. Now, you know that's not going to pass muster, but it gives you an idea of where these folks are going. Now, on the good news front this week on Reading, Writing, and Reason, from Florida, and Ron DeSantis has really drilled down, and the people he's placed in there do not just bloviate about an issue, they actually accomplish it. The Florida Education Board approved a series of regulations officially prohibiting state colleges from using taxpayer dollars to fund so-called DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they just didn't say some grand pronouncement and then leave it. They put a mechanism into play where they're going to determine if you're doing DEI, whether or not you're not going to get away with it by saying, well, we're not calling it DEI, and then doing the same things that are out there that would be DEI. Uh, They have a mechanism, they have metrics in place to determine whether or not this is DEI or not based upon all the things that usually go into this. By the way, Florida has been the epicenter of uh, so-called banned books, 
And almost all these have turned out to be bogus. Uh, They were not what you would expect. And um, I'm going to bring on in future weeks here on Reading, Writing, and Reason a guy named James Fishback. He wrote a big piece this week at the Free Press, The Truth About Banned Books. He says the left claims that progressive books are being censored in public schools. My research proves the opposite. And this is extensive. In other words, he cataloged um, about 35 of the largest public school districts in eight red states and six blue states. And he found essentially, and he'll be on to talk about it in detail, that uh, people like Ibram Kendi, the guy who's made untold millions preaching what I believe is a racial content that has no business being accepted in various books, he is in most school libraries. But people that take a position, other civil rights uh, people that are more conservative, they are not to be found. You will not, a kid will not be able to find their books. This guy, uh, Fishback, also exposed, and he started his own debate league, I believe regionally, uh, that in debates across the country, and I, I've said on my show that I wish I had participated in debate then St. Uh, Bishop Newman, where I went to high school. They wanted me to, and I should have. would have sharpened my skills. That you'll be called out if you use expressions like You'll be kicked out. You'll be stopped. Illegal immigrants or anything like that. How in the world can judges, censor, kick kids out of a debate? Aren't we thrilled that kids want to be on debate teams? So he has a lot to say about both. And they're both apropos of shutting down freedom of speech and access to other points of view. And this is just uh, a perfect example of that. So again, here this week on Reading, Writing, and Reason, as always, we see some upside. We see some wins, particularly under the banner of parental rights. But we see challenges to that. And this issue of parental rights is not just a slogan, okay? And it should be done on a case-by-case basis. There might be some instances where I think somebody has a point at uh, some kind of intervention here. But I would say this. I can't picture too many. It would be very, very rare. You gotta go with the parent who is ultimately responsible for the actions of their kid, the health and welfare of their child, and you cannot have the state, just because somebody wants to get their name on legislation like this tackle football thing, or in Maine, making it a sanctuary state for the entire country around the issue of kids coming there even without the knowledge or consent of their parents. So the battle is joined on this, and thank God we're not all over the place. We can encapsulate it. Are you someone who sees it clearly, because this show does, that parental rights are almost supreme, or are you someone that says, no, can't trust parents, got to go with so-called experts? That battle is going to continue. All right, coming up, one of our all-time favorite guests here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. Riley Gaines is with us again with a lot to report. She's really gone from someone that was going to go to dental school, swimming against Leah Thomas, and now is a true force for the rights of women, particularly in sports. All that is next here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. 
Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm going to teach you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Reading, Writing, and Reason, our weekly look with Dom Giordano at all matters, parenting, education, parental rights. That's certainly big. And one of the biggest issues that's cropped up over the years is this issue of transgenderism, kids in school, identity, pronouns. And even in the world of sports, that's the part that's amazing. And our go-to, and we talked with her again recently, there's a lot of updates with the one and only Riley Gaines here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. Riley, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Well, it is so good to talk to you guys, and thank you very much for having me on. Well, the Gutfeld Show, when I saw you on that, you know, (laughs) now having to produce comedic lines, what was that like? (laughs) You know, it's it's interesting because I take what I do pretty seriously. Um, And so I feel like for the most part, you have to have a stern face. You have to be uh, pretty strong and unwavering. Uh, But to be on that show with Gutfeld and Tyrus and and Kat and, and, you know, it's, it's a different environment. Uh, but it's nice to kind of let your walls down and almost make a mockery of some of the stuff going on, which I think, honestly, is is necessary. Uh, I think it's okay to mock what I would consider already a mockery. Yes. As I mentioned, uh, we have a friend who's a mixed martial art champion, and you don't want to fool around with him on recently, talking about uh, USA Boxing and what they've done. And you kind of uh, – there was an article the other day about you or you were involved in, Riley – talking about even with the gains in 2023 with all these states and you've been instrumental in that you're seeing some backsliding here again u.s boxing and then dewine in a very red state with overwhelming numbers they may uh, triumph over his vetoes the gender affirming care thing is bad but the men and women's sports is a layup politically not just reality it should be a layup politically on that one no doubt. And while these might seem like fallbacks, and, and they certainly are, I'll tell you what gives me hope is the amount of really public outrage that these fallbacks have caused. Uh, this has ruined, I mean, I would say, that I would argue there's several parts in Governor DeWine's career uh, where he's really hurt himself in regards to how he handled COVID, in regards to how he handled even the East Palestine incident yes. um, in, in Ohio. But now this, I mean, this is ruined him it's ruined his credibility he's really exposed himself for his true colors and now not only do ohioans see that the whole nation sees that and that that, i don't want to say that gives me hope but it really does because the the general public is waking up 
it's, it's not a political, it really shouldn't be a political issue. Of course, it's become one. But protecting children, safeguarding children, and per- protecting parental rights, and protecting women in sports and in locker rooms, and even in female prisons, I mean, these are not political issues. Uh, but now we've seen, of course, Governor DeWine was compromised by, he received over $40,000 uh, from these pro-trans hospitals that perform these surgeries, which I would, I would say that's a pretty low number to, to sell your soul. Um, but anyways, the outrage that has been caused, that's what truthfully and honestly gives me hope and really revitalizes me uh, to keep pushing back. Well, we see a story in California today. Joe Concha had it. I'm not sure you're doing various things that a team of girls, mainly Muslim girls, refused to play against another team because of a male on that team. And it seems as if the league doesn't know what to do because of the religious part of this and these girls standing up to it. This is a little bit different than usual. You shouldn't have to have a religious reason other than a common sense reason here. Are you aware of this uh, bubbling up? I certainly am, Uh, and I've been in contact with some of the people involved uh, who at the time, of course, uh, want to remain anonymous for different reasons. Um, But I couldn't be more proud of these girls. It's a really hard position to be in, and I know because I was in this position, and I wasn't willing to sacrifice at the time, you know, all the work I had put in. I didn't want to not compete. Uh, Looking back, of course, uh, of course, I believe everything happened for a reason in the way that it did, but if I was faced with this opportunity uh, an incident like this, again, I certainly wouldn't compete. So I could not be more proud of these girls uh, and their coaches and their administrators who supported these girls in not competing. Because I, I believe competing, uh, and again, I didn't always think this way, so my mind has certainly changed, but I believe competing uh, against these boys, you're participating in the farce, so it seems. Uh, and so these girls, I'm very proud of them, and I've publicly said before, look, any any competition where a woman or a team concedes and they lose out on prize money uh, to a male, I will happily, out of my own pocket, pay that team or these girls wow. or whoever it may be the prize money that they're losing out on because that's we need to incentivize not participating. So, I, I again, I just couldn't be more proud of these girls. Uh, take me uh, inside, Riley, if you want. I've never asked you this before. I'm interested. You're an ultimate competitor, and you know how a hundredth of a second in swimming Etc. You're looking across at Leah Thomas at the starting blocks. Is that firing you up more, or deep down, did you feel like there's no hope? What What were you thinking at that moment? So, a lot of feelings. Gosh, I mean, this was my last meet of my life, of my 18 year career at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, so there was kind of excitement to almost be done. Uh, but I, I would say the overwhelming feeling that I felt and my teammates and most of the girls that I talked to at that meet, the feeling that we felt was that we were going into this race with our hands tied behind our back. Mm -hmm. Uh, The day that Thomas and I raced was the day after he had just won the national title, dominating the entire nation of women, beating every female in the country by multiple seconds, which is an anomaly that doesn't happen, uh, considering the swimming is a sport measured down to the hundredth of a second. And so having seen that outcome the day before, uh, looking over at him, six foot four, towering over me at a whopping five foot five, five foot six. Uh, I just felt like my hands were tied behind my back. Um, but I knew my goals. I knew my team's goals. I thought of my team, of course, being team captain. Um, I more than my own personal goals, I wanted to help achieve for my team. Uh, so I put my head down, did the best that I could do. 
which of course ultimately resulted in a tie, meaning we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, uh, which you can't tell me that's not divine intervention. Um, <laughs> that's what I, I'm getting I, at. I wish I right, were there. I, I might have jumped into the pool at the end of that, and I can't swim, so <laughs> God knows what would have happened, Dave. <laughs> I'm serious. You and my dad that's both. what thrills me <laughs> as the competitor. That despite all that, it right, and then God intervenes and says, no, we're going to tie you at least. They, of course, then have to give the trophy to Leah Thomas, not to you. They didn't have enough because of the tie. We know that, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, and their purposes were for optics. I mean, they, they outright told me, look, when photos are being taken, the NCAA has advised uh, that Leah has to be holding it. Um, for photo purposes. So sorry, Riley, you don't get one. And that was really, I mean, that was a defining moment for me because of course, all season, we knew the unfair competition was wrong. We knew being exposed to a naked male in the locker room was wrong. We knew the silencing that we were facing from our universities was wrong, but it wasn't until they reduced it down to a photo op that that's all I needed to hear, uh, to be willing and really finally feel courageous enough to take a stand. Absolutely. So let's look forward to 2024. These were uh, glitches, but as you said, now they don't pass without a lot of pushback on this. Uh, What do you see on the horizon? What are some of the things coming up? Well, let me tell you, speaking to Ohio here, uh, the session is reconvening early from Christmas uh, Christmas break on January 10th to vote on the override veto. Uh, And there's a lot of pressure there. The votes are there uh, as long as they don't change from their initial voting to get the bill on the governor's desk. Uh, So lots of good work there. Uh, Again, that's January 10th. And so if I can encourage any listeners, you know, keep the pressure on these people. Hold their feet to the fire. uh, Because what they love to do, uh, and we've seen it time and time again, whether that's the state level, whether that's the federal level, whether that's within academia, within specific sport governing bodies, even within the medical profession, uh, they want to sweep these things under the rug. And they don't want it to get public attention because uh, they know the public is not in their favor. So hold their feet to the fire. It is necessary. I believe it's our job as Americans, um, as citizens, uh, to call out the hypocrisy, uh, which is what we need to be doing. So that's happening January 10th. Um, So hopefully Ohio will become the 24th state to pass legislation that protects women's sports and the 23rd state to pass legislation that protects uh, children from irreversible harmful surgeries. Um, So be on the lookout there. Uh, We have the Biden administration who is working to implement their new Title IX rewrite in March, which ironically enough is Women's History Month uh, strategically on their part. But of course, their new rewrite in no way, shape or form actually benefits and protects women. Uh, Actually, the opposite, it harms women. Uh, So be on the lookout of what the Biden administration is doing to push their new illegal administrative rewrite of Title IX in March. But other than that, there's lots of good things going on. The Olympics is this year as well. Uh, So keep an eye out for what the IOC does in regards to their policies. Uh, I can tell you, like most organizations, including the NCAA, they have been on the wrong side of this issue and remained uh, what I would describe as spineless, morally bankrupt cowards. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good description. Where do we find all things Riley Gaines? Uh, You can check me out on Twitter. Uh, It is, or sorry, X now, right? It is uh, Riley underscore Gaines underscore. And if you're wondering why there's two underscores, it's because my first account was deleted (laughs) pre-Elon Musk. 
Um, I um, have a podcast now with Outkick. It's the Gain for Girl, Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, really awesome work being done there. Um, and I just appreciate you guys having me on, so I couldn't be more grateful. Well, you're always welcome in Philadelphia. Is there a book on the horizon? <laughs> I did the book thing. <laughs> it's um, I have a book coming out in May, and it's called Swimming Against the Current, but it actually is available for pre-order as of now. Oh, I'm Amazon writing that one down because we, we have a program here in Philadelphia for that, so uh, we're on it. Amazing. Well, you guys rock. Well, you do too. Thank you, Riley. Always there for us here on Talk Radio 1210. Great stuff today. Coming up, do you think 12-year-olds or younger should be able to play tackle football? It's the raging story coming from California this week, and we're lucky to bring you Steve Famiano. Steve is the VP of the Football Association out there, has a lot to say about some of the false claims made about kids playing tackle football. That is next here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I'm going to teach you. Hey, welcome in, everyone, to Reading, Writing, and Reason. Great guests we talked about on my Noon to Three show this week, Steve Famiano. Steve is one of the officials that runs youth football in California, and he actually had Governor Newsom come to his aid to threaten to veto a bill that would say kids can't play tackle football no matter what protections you put in until they're at least 12 or plus. So let's bring in Steve Famiato. Hey, Coach, uh, congratulations on this uh, victory for common sense. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I I appreciate the airtime today. Well, uh, Steve, let me ask you, though, um, would you encourage, if you have kids or had kids, 
I play a lot of sports. I'm big in sports, and I certainly wouldn't tell parents what to do. That was the core of the issue. But uh, why kids under 12? What's the advantage of having them play tackle football in your view? Yeah, there's a lot of advantages, in it, and I'll keep it to this debate currently, um, what we've been dealing with. So um, the state of California was basically trying to push kids 12 and under to play flag football only. No tackle football here. You know, and there's a problem with that. Flag football is a great sport. It's a great activity for kids. We are supportive of flag football 100%. The problem was is that, you know, tackle football is such a great team sport that it's very inclusive, you know, and that term is used a lot in politics, right, in- inclusive, because flag football would eliminate um, a lot of positions for kids that maybe would typically play the O-line or the defensive line. Okay. You know, kids who maybe, you know, will never play quarterback and things like that so that's one of the debates in this issue um and this thing actually turned into a parental rights issue to be honest with you from it went from football safety to parental rights well um science uh, that i've seen look um i think the science is settled you're playing in the nfl or high college and nfl it's about a 30 percent risk of cte but kids this young the science doesn't indicate that no, it does not, um, and I'm glad you brought that up. That That is a 100% accurate statement. The science, um, and, and even to be honest with you, I've been doing this for six years with the state of California because we had a ban bill that was introduced in 2018. So I, I've, I've become very familiar with not only the science of CTE and the safety issues with football, but we, we've delved deep into this issue. And for every study that says kids playing football is bad for them, there's another study to contradict that. So this is very inconclusive at this time, and, and we just believe the state should not be banning kids from playing youth sports. So how do you go about, though, look, and I know you try, but the other argument, I guess, is you can do all that you want, and you're not going to have some kids that are tackling correctly, even though they might know the proper form, they're not going to do it in the heat of the moment. Yeah, that, that, that's valid. Um, I, I can't say that every child that plays youth tackle football in the United States is either being taught how to tackle properly or is tackling properly. But that's a smaller, that's a smaller facet of this debate than the bigger scope of what we're dealing with here. Um, and like I said yesterday on our Capitol steps in Sacramento, we had a press conference yesterday, and that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. I cannot believe that a debate about youth football safety has become a national debate about parental rights. It's something that we never anticipated in our in our life of, of doing this. Well, it is. It's at the core of all this stuff, Steve. So absolutely. Because, again, I don't know about you. I would prefer my sons play basketball, and so did I. I would prefer they not play football, particularly at that age. But I think the point is solid. There's no evidence here that says you're a bad parent if you're engaged in this. You're rolling the dice too much. It's just uh, not the case. wanted to ask you, in California now, a hotbed of great football players, kind of like Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas, uh, what's happening with the high school teams? Are you seeing the usual complement of kids? Or is it difficult to field, say, 40, 50, 60 kids? Yeah, it, it's been a problem. Um, football participation in, at the youth level, which we'll consider under 18, under 18, which, which includes high school and youth football, the numbers have been dropping. But 
part of that is because of the headlines. You know, there's been a lot of negative headlines over the years, including the movie Concussion and things like that, that have come out basically, you know, you know, putting a black cloud over the sport. And I think for myself personally now and some of us here in California, we're going to kind of start turning the narrative around and, and pushing a different narrative that it's okay for your kids to play football. It's good for them to play football. And one key point I want everybody to understand in this debate, most children who play youth football will not go on to play high school football. The numbers drop at the Mm -hmm. high school level. That's a key point in this debate is that you're going to exclude a sport for kids that they'll probably only have that chance to play at that age, at 9, 10, 11. Yeah, well, let me ask you the question we have a lot of fun with here, too. How big is uh, a non-sport called a sport, the world sport, the real football, soccer? (laughs) Soccer. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) <laughs> it's the end of about that because <laughs> it's uh you know we can include a lot of other children's activities in this in this debate right yeah um you know the number one the number one child activity that sends more kids to the hospital are is bikes ah right football is yeah. second yeah. yeah, football is second to that. And then falling in line with that is soccer, um, you know, baseball, basketball, and, 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 and different things like that. So this is a broader scope than what the author of the bill, who we like to call Mr. Banyu Football, um, Kevin <laughs> McCarty. Um, yeah, he, he, he's trying to push this issue into a tunnel. You know, youth football, CTE, ban it. And it's it's a broader discussion, and and we've been in dialogue with the state of California over this issue for the past six years. Um, myself and our organization worked with a former assembly person here, Jim Cooper, who is now Sacramento County Sheriff, to create the nation's first and most comprehensive youth sports safety bill. It's called the California Youth Football Act, AB one. It sets standards for youth football in our state. That bill just passed in 2019, and here we are again fighting youth football ban bills. Yeah, it's a virtue signaling how it looks. And, you know, this guy, Bam, Mr. Bam Football, it's probably his one issue. We're talking with VP of California Youth Football Alliance, Steve Famiano. So, uh, Steve, were you guys expecting Gavin Newsom to jump into the ring, put a stop to this by saying he would veto it? Uh, he has presidential aspirations big time, and I think he saw the fire that was raging uh, nationally around this. It was gathering. Very good question. So you got to look at it from a broader standpoint across the United States and look at it from this standpoint. And this is where I think everybody will understand where Gavin Newsom's decision came in. No state in our country has banned youth football yet. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom, our governor, was not going to be the first governor to ban youth football <laughs> in our state. Yeah. That is that is not a very attractive bill to sign from any governor in our state. So um, we, we, we had thoughts that maybe that it would go that route. We did not know necessarily that the governor was going to come out this soon. Um, uh, okay. You know, we, we, we had some intention. We, look, we were going to take this all the way to Governor Newsom. 
once it passed committee last week here in California, our group was set and prepared to take this all the way to the governor's office and, and protest the governor if we found out that he was leaning towards signing this bill. But when we looked at the broader scope of this debate, I don't know which governor in the country would be willing to be the first one and go on record and put that on their political career. I, I think it's political suicide, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can see Whitmer in Michigan. Give her time. She might do it. But you're, <laughs> but you're, but you're right, Steve, that, uh, you know what, imagine a governor of Texas saying, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, our governor, uh, you know, this is big time upstate Pennsylvania football. No, it's not happening. I'm glad you guys uh, won on this. Uh, Steve, since you're connected to youth football, et cetera, yeah, get, hit us with something that you've, you've found that maybe we don't know about what's going on with kids and sports, particularly football. What occurs to you? Anything? Um, just a lot of the positive aspects, you know, okay. and, and the, commu- the community, the community connection to youth sports and football in general. You know, youth football and high school football across our country is so interconnected, and that builds community. Um, You know, I get the safety risk issue, and I totally understand that, but this is such a great sport for building community and and growing leaders, too. Um, You know, growing our next leaders, you know, you're you're not going to get the discipline and the direction you get from youth football or playing football that you will from playing tennis, and that's just a fact. Absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you very much. Hope that we talk with you again. Congratulations on all this. Appreciate the time, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks for another great edition this week. Please share this podcast, Reading, Writing, and Reason, with everyone that you know. It's unique in the country where we bring you kind of combination of talk radio meets all these issues under the banner of parental rights, like this 12-year-old stuff in football. As I said many times, I wouldn't want DJ and Luke to play football under the age of 12 or really at any point if they wanted to, fine. But that should be the parent's choice. That's our mantra here on reading, writing, and reason. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero. 
Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.